0: Welcome to the first ever Exotic Liability Podcast. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are wondering about the name. Uh, The name actually stems from us being pen testers, and every time that people ask us, what do you guys do for a living, Uh, the only thing that I could ever come up with that was actually somewhat relevant was the fact that we were kind of an exotic liability. It was sort of like a Komodo dragon, where it's really cool to have, it's great to show your friends, but at the end of the day, you don't know if it's really dangerous or not. Um... What we're going to do here today is talk a little bit about different topics in the security world, ranging from everything from pen testing to technology to what's going on in the industry, all the way down to how to sneak around, hide. Uh, We have a special guest today, Chris Gates uh, from Carnal Ownage. Uh, Chris is one of the people that I speak highly of anytime I get the chance to. He's somebody that I follow in the information security community, and we're excited to have him. On the show, the staff of Exotic Liability consists of me, Chris Nickerson, Ryan Jones, and DJ Jackalope. Uh, To give you a quick bio on where we came from, uh, me, Chris Nickerson, uh, I've been part of the security community for a little while. Uh, I sit around at conferences, I drink and listen to all the really high tech people tell me all of this really interesting knowledge that they have, and then try and go and put some of it to practice. Uh, I've been working at companies like Sprint, KPMG. I've worked for the government, and I currently own a company
1: called Laris. Uh Ryan, yeah, it's Ryan Jones. I've uh, been doing similar stuff to Chris for the last uh, fifteen years, and uh, pretty much worked for U.S. West, IBM, a uh, couple of other, several contracts, some government work. And uh, Chris and I have been working together for about four years or so right now.
0: Yeah, it's about right.
1: Karen,
2: right on. I'm DJ Jackalope, also known as Karen Mayeta. Um, basically, I've been in the uh, DJ world for about 12 years and also have been in security for quite a long time as well. I've been going to DEF CON since DEF CON 7 and in everything I have like, listened to and heard at any parties, I have absorbed and definitely have learned how to uh, abuse and learn and like to teach people. I've also learned how to uh, do a bunch of lockpicking and I've been going around the world teaching people how to do that.
0: Yeah, she's one of the chicks that if you handcuff her to the bed, she'll get out of it before you get a chance to do anything.
2: And then you'll be highly disappointed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, enough of the (laughs) we love ourselves. Uh, Let's get on to some of the topics. So one of the things that we're going to do consistently on the show is try and give a quick review of some of the topics that we've heard through any of our social networks, any of our random browsings on the internet, toilet reading, or whatever else. Uh, And we're going to do it in kind of that SportsCenter format where we're going to take one minute to go over five different topics. Uh, As we go over those topics, we're going to work on having a little timer. You'll probably hear a beep. We'll get cut off in the middle of it, and uh, someone will probably scream some type of expletive, and we'll go. to the next topic. Uh, So the topics of today are going to be the cyber czar, uh, the U.S. and how the NSA is taking that over for fun and profit, Uh, the EFF and their new translation of the Patriot Act, the spies and the infrastructure that everybody may or may not have heard of uh, that has been going around on all of the social networks as well as blogs and everything else. Uh, We'll be talking about uh, the different footprints of social networks themselves. So the Twitter, and MySpace, and essentially how it can hurt and help you in many different ways. And we'll finally be talking about a concept called Survive DC. Uh, That being said, let's go ahead and get into it. And the timer begins. So the first topic of the Cyber Czar... I have a big problem with this. Uh, I'm sure the NSA will call in me after. it, But I think Keith Alexander being from the NSA going over and taking over parts of the White House Security Acts, being able to take over all of cybersecurity is a huge mistake. I mean, how often does the government get hacked? What what was it, 59,000 infections in the last year? Like, I'm sure they're really, really good at being the appropriate personnel to take this over. Uh, I think that when they had it in the arms of the Air Force, it was at least somewhat better. Uh, Having the NSA go through this is going to mean that there's going to be a lot more wiretapping. You're going to have things like the echelon come back under the white house system and granted these are all speculations but come on let's get realistic about it you know this is the nsa taking over security for the united states under the white house the organization of the government that has rare anti type of legality any type of justice that goes against them Uh, they're at the top
1: of the food chain and you're done (laughs) go for it so the eff on their um on their blog this week had a comment about the Jewel versus NSA case going on where the NSA is being sued uh, over the warrantless wiretapping that occurred under the Bush administration. And the big problem I had with this was the way the Department of Justice decided to, uh, under under Obama's secu- uh, leadership, it decided that, uh, similar to Bush, um, they wanted to throw it out simply because it would cause exceptional harm to national security, blah, blah, blah. The other problem I had, um, so much for change. The Department of Justice said that the U.S. government is completely immune from litigation for illegal spying because the Patriot Act renders the U.S. immune from suit under two remaining key federal surveillance laws, uh, first being the Wiretap Act and the second being the Stored Communications Act. Um, completely um, unprecedented. No one's ever tried to actually pull this one off before. Basically saying that the U.S. can do whatever they want in the, <laughs> in the wiretapping. It's, oh. Ah. oh, you got
0: it. Tough. Well, haha, US government owns you again. (laughs) Next, spy infrastructure. So, we'll talk a little bit about that. If anyone hasn't heard, there's been all sorts of babble about all the different types of infrastructure that we have SCADA systems and whatnot else, and the electrical grid being owned by communist, fascist enemies of the world. Uh, Who cares? I mean, really, like realistically, these people have been attacking us since these systems have been made electronic. The Windows XP embedded that they have haven't been patched in eons. I mean, if if we don't think that this is something that's been happening forever, then this is the time for everyone to pull the ostrich head out of the sand and really get the knowledge of what the hell's going on in the world. Um, these people are being attacked all the time. Anyway, they're aware of it. They're not even doing anything to fix it because it's not really an issue right now. Um, there's other things that, that you could attack that would be much worse. Take, for instance, the water infrastructure. All of the SCADA systems that are there can make you go through and put too much chlorine into the water, therefore killing an entire city. Now, well, there you go.
1: It's a shame the national media had longer than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Uh, so social networking. Um, I've always found it really amusing, and I've heard it a lot lately, especially from, from people between the ages of like 16 to about 25. How no matter they get really upset when you find out things about them through their MySpace or their Twitter or their Facebook accounts. It, it it's amazing to me that people consider putting something on one of these social networks actually like it's theirs. It's still private. If you read any of those terms of use contracts with any of those social networks, they own it. The second you put it up, Facebook owns those pictures. The second you put uh, the the most amusing part was the way uh, someone actually tweeted themselves out of a job. There was a job applicant who was apparently applying for Cisco, and and she tweeted about it, saying that Cisco just offered me a job. Now I have to weigh the utility of a fatty paycheck against the daily commute to San Jose and hating the work. Uh, Unfortunately, Tim, a channel partner advocate for Cisco, found the tweet and responded with, Who is the hiring manager? I'm sure they'd love to know. You will hate the work. We here at Cisco are well-versed in the web.
0: (laughs) I love it. And finally, the last topic of the day will be Survive DC. If any of you haven't checked this out, this is a really cool event, whether you're a tester, whether you're just general into haberdashery and trickery, or you just want to go out and have some fun. It's essentially a big, giant, catch-the-thief kind of game. Uh, You have a whole bunch of people that are runners. Those runners have to make it through six different checkpoints all around DuPont Circle, Uh, and then after they make it through some of these checkpoints, during the event, while you're running around and trying to get to these areas, during the three to five hours to complete it, there's actually catchers who are there, who have your profile, who know what you look like, and they're there to catch you and stop you from going between so if you really think that you're a good pen tester and everybody else who sits here and comments about how good of a social engineer they are because they can pick up the phone and ask for a password go try your skills out let's see who, who can get the farthest uh what i'd like to do is start an exotic liability team anybody who's interested who thinks that they have the skills to get this done and change their appearance six times in four hours come get it let's put a team together let's go win the whole competition and prove to people what we can do <laughs> that the people stop you from talking that the people own your face So now that we're done with that and we've been cut off by the timer multiple times, uh, we're going to go into one of the segments that we like to call Phone a Friend. Uh, Today we have with us (laughs) Chris Gates. Chris Gates, as I said before, is one of the people that I look up to in the information security world. Uh, He he works on the Metasploit team. He has learned security online. Uh, I, I follow just about everything that he does because the information that he puts out is usually above excellent. Uh, Some of the videos that I've seen of him and times that I've seen him speak every time have inspired me or I've learned something new and some type of new trick to gain what we're doing and how we're doing it. So give us one second while we call Chris and we'll get him on the phone with us. Hello, is this is Chris. This is Chris. Hey. How's it going? Good. What's up, dude? How you been? Good. Very good. Busy. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I've been checking out some of the stuff that you were posting on on Twitter and on the blog about all of the new Oracle functions uh, that you guys were building into the Metasploit framework we and playing with, and just wanted to kind of call and get get an education on sort of what's going on and and what you've done and kind of where you're going with it.
3: uh sure. Um... Basically, how all that started was uh, MC, who is the man, uh, he's been doing all the heavy lifting uh, for the code, but basically wrote an Oracle API that allows you to basically uh, connect to Oracle and send SQL commands.
0: Nice. And
3: basically, what came about was I was always seeing, and he was always seeing uh, Oracle on pen tests, and there wasn't a whole lot to do with that with a lot of the public tools. Right at, like, Richfield's book, that kind of talks about how to do it, but it's not real clear. It's like, if you know what you're doing, that book makes perfect sense. If you don't <laughs> know what you're doing, it's super confusing. So uh, he, he wrote some tools and wrote some code. So basically, what we've done is uh, worked on creating the Oracle attack methodology and bringing it all into a framework to use.
0: Nice. So, uh, so it, <laughs> is that something that's going to go into, like, the DB autopone, or is it its own function?
3: uh... that's a good question for the db auto stuff. stuff um, hmm. well we have to look into that um, okay. basically what we've done is uh... we've released so far we've re- released the version uh... modules and we've released the uh... like FID modules that will say hey what's Oracle database what's your database name and uh... if it's like 10 release one and below it will go ahead and cough that up
0: nice uh,
3: what's What's coming in the future, uh, hopefully planning for a DEF CON release of all the code, is um, basically SID brute forcing. Again, nothing new. There's other tools that do that, but bringing it into the framework, SID uh, brute forcing, uh, once you have your uh, Oracle SID name and the IP and what the board's listening on, uh, you've got to brute force some user accounts. Mm-hmm. So we've got a module that will brute force uh, common usernames. Um, so that's getting put into the framework. Um, from there, I'm porting all the public SQL injection and then some not so public stuff into the framework, complete with like IDS evasion uh, for some of that. And then uh, i start automating all the post exploitation stuff. So uh, basically, going from, instead of just having access to the database, you know, everybody wants a shell. Yeah. I want my shell to kick back to me. Uh, so <clears throat> there's some, there's a, like a, a Java one. That will allow you to execute commands so you can, you know, TP over or FTP over, um, you know, an interpreter or whatever trojan you've got, the core binary or whatever.
0: Right.
3: We're also working on just automating stuff that will have the database do that for you, you know. uh, Make some functions that will, you know, connect back out to you and grab that stuff.
0: Uh, that's that's killer, man. I, I imagine that you're going to have fun with the PCI community that's out there with all the PCI auditors who don't even know how to spell Oracle uh, using and, using some of the tools.
3: Yeah, I guess the important thing is it's nothing new. All this stuff is really old. I just think that it's been ignored because it's not easy to do. Right. Um, so some people may not think it's great that we're going to make it easy to do, but you know, the bottom line is those vulnerabilities exist, they need to, if, if it takes putting all this stuff in the framework to get people to actually get around to patching their Oracle stuff and maybe firewalling it off, yep. then I'm okay with
0: that. <laughs> oh, I'm, no, dude, I'm, I'm totally with you, that's, that's what always blows my mind every time I talk to Dave and, and all those guys in uh, NGS, is it's like, they're like, yeah, we've got, you know, 800 Oracle exploits that they still haven't fixed, and we don't really know why they're not fixing them, so... It, it gets me stoked that you guys are building stuff into the framework to have the point-and-click hackers of the world be able to exploit them because hopefully then Oracle will get off their ass and actually fix some stuff instead of just shooing it off to the back.
3: Yeah, they've had all these guys giving them all this free, uh, free research, free vulnerability research, and free bug reports, and they don't even act on it. So uh, maybe when that stuff starts getting ported over, they'll
0: do that. So uh, That's that... That's kind of a question. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that, you know, Oracle gets all this free shit? I mean, my, Microsoft has been doing a hell of a lot better any time we find things with them being able to accept it and, you know, all the stuff that Blue had and all that. Why do you think Oracle's just behind? They don't give a shit? Or wh- what do you think?
3: I have, uh, I have no idea. You, <laughs> you would think you've got minds like Dave Blitchfield and some of the other guys that have been working on that stuff and giving them all that free advice, they take it. Uh, maybe they just haven't had enough bloody noses over the whole thing, or embarrassment.
0: That's uh, not aw- that
3: that's my goal, or that's not that that's our goal <laughs> at all. Is. No, um, I no. just want to make my life easier when I pen test.
0: Oh, a- absolutely, and and <laughs> your, your work makes my life a hell of a lot easier. So I, I can do nothing but throw thanks your way and and try and explain to people uh, some of the stuff that you guys are doing and, and building some of these things into the framework uh, makes it better for the entirety of the audit community. I mean. You know, God knows the number of people that I talk to out there, and some of the you know checklist auditors, right? If if we could just get them to use the framework to get an understanding of how to say yes, it's secure, no, it's not. Even at that level, not not to even emphatically say the thing is secure, but to say it's secure from these basic attacks would be a huge improvement to the industry.
3: Exactly. So, in, in fact, they were still in the mode where I have to actually exploit something before you listen to me or listen to your investors, or listen to your auditors. Yep. Uh, uh-oh, you can log into my database. so what? <laughs> uh, well, if I can get you know a reverse shell out as system and then do the whole token passing stuff and become your domain admin, then maybe you'll pay attention to me, but the problem was there the whole time.
0: <laughs> right, right. It, dude, exactly. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it always seems that way, that we kind of have to go down to that level because the... Pavlovian response of, like, red, yellow, green just doesn't work. I mean, people just ignore it. They're like, yeah, it's red. We'll fix it eventually instead of actually, you know, when, when you go, hey, look, here's all of your ERP data, and I own it, and I can change all of it, and you show that to the CFO, and then after they get done, like, changing their pants, they're like, uh, so how do we fix this? <laughs>
3: exactly. Hey, you know, close off, a, close off one of the giant holes into your network, especially when you go about... Approaching a problem, just like I mean, like you talked about, approaching a problem at at the information level, unless at just a vulnerable host level. So, how can I leverage that local database to steal what makes you money?
0: I I I I totally agree, and I that's one of the reasons I really like talking to you. And anytime I've I've gotten to hear you talk, is that you're you're one of the people in the infosec world that understands that data security is data security, and not just geographic security. Like, oh, hey, look, I have a perimeter, which is kind of useless. Um, so I, I I appreciate that that you and and some other people in this field are really kind of still beating the drum, even though we've been doing it for ten years, and people kind of throw us out. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm glad that some of the tools that you guys are making now are starting to get that a little bit more in the forefront of their mind instead of, you know, oh, well, whatever. I mean, I, I love taking executives, having them stall Metasploit and go, hey, point it at this box, click this, click this. Hey, look, you're Root. You're a hacker. Good for you, executive guy.
1: And now you're yeah. a pen tester. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> you're now an IBM pen tester. Oh. <laughs> oh <that>. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I say that? I mean, I meant KPMG. No, uh, no. No. Oh, no, I meant Rapid 7. No, I meant... To
1: the, the, the late and touche. Ernst well, and Young?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> it happened. You know, and it's unfortunate the industry hasn't evolved that way yet. I think it will. I'm, I'm hoping that it does. Um, we need to evolve that way. Yeah. the whole conversation.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I totally, totally agree with you. Um,
3: that's, your, that's your drum. I won't beat on it too much, but... Uh,
0: Dude, I, I think that's all of our drum. We just pretty much beat the hell out of it until either they kick us out or listen.
3: <laughs> it's like the whole uh, client-side thing where, um, you know, we're basically blowing holes into the, into the perimeter, and most people just put their head in the sand and just ignore it and say, oh, well, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to ignore the whole problem.
0: Oh, dude. I, or, like, the, the people who are like, well, you can't fix people, so we're always going to be vulnerable to social engineering. It's like, well, but but there's so many ways that you can stop it. And they're like, "Yeah, people are dumb, forget it. And it's right, just,
3: Exactly. It's I, I can't help my users. Yeah. yeah, you can. I know you, you talk a lot about that, and like the whole uh, social engineering course you have got coming up at Chicago Con and all the all the uh, podcasts you've done on that. It, it, it can't help. Every little bit helps. Oh yeah. Uh, to tell your to tell your testers that you can't test because they're, because they're going to get in, it's just really uh, it's not not improving your posture at
0: all. Oh, nope. I I agree.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things we've kept we've we've hammered in. I don't know how many clients. Um they that come back to us and go, well, user awareness is pointless because they're just gonna ignore it as soon as they sign the piece of paper saying they took it well then then teach them a little differently show them, show them things from like like how this not only impacts their 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 business life but their home life show them, show them how it helps them at home not get their computer infected by whatever
0: so exactly. chris i have I have another topic that i I know that you like um ha- on social engineering and doing it in pen testing uh do you find the same thing that we do where they normally go, hey, we have a 100 IP network, we want you to test these five addresses, and no, you can't do any social engineering?
3: <laughs> yeah, have run into that quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I, my last job, uh, with, uh, the last place I was with, you know, social engineering client-size was part of the pen test. Yeah, if you didn't allow it, we wouldn't do the pen test for you. Nice. And it, it, would just, it just makes makes for a better all assessment of someone's posture.
0: Yep. Um,
2: this seems to you know, lead in... in Okay, oh, because this seems to lead into the talk that you're going to do at Nauticon next week in Cleveland, with uh, right. you and uh, Don.
3: I'm uh, actually going to be talking uh, client-side pen testing and basically why you should be allowing your pen testers to do client-side attacks.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: so we, we're going to go through and give uh, a bunch of uh, real-world examples of how the bad guys are using those to get in. Uh, show some examples uh, mostly using Metasploit on uh, tools that are there and techniques you can use as pen testers to uh, do client-side assessments
0: um,
3: And then just kind of talk You know, about defenses And, you know, not, all is not lost With client-side attacks There's a lot of, like, you know Stuff that's been around for years Once you put all those things together That can actually protect yourself You know, outbound proxy uh, Strong baseline You know, all that stuff is kind of industry buzzwords But they work when you put all those things together In defense of client-side stuff
0: Hallelujah <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah.
3: know, one, client, one client-side Shouldn't ruin your day you know, you should have enough things, and I, I'm not going to hate to use the defensive debt term, uh, but you should <laughs> have enough things in place that one client side doesn't own your completely own your whole network. Yeah. But a lot of people still have things that way.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and that's a perfect example of, you know, any time when I'm trying to tell people about that, of why they should be able to do SE and client side attacks, it's like you know, it's great that you built the Great Wall of China, but watch, here's how to conquer it. Uh, here's a ladder, and there you go. Now you're over it. And and they're like, exactly. well, that's that's not really the case. And I'm like, no, 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 it really is the case. People are going to go to Path of Least Resistance, and the Path of Least Resistance is shoot an email to 1,000 users because if I can compromise one of them, most likely, just as you said, you don't have that defense ready. So I can use that to proxy and just start bumping traffic all over your network, and I'm on the inside, and since people see, you know, the inside is safe and the outside is bad guys, which I know you'll agree that is just the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, the, you know, you just you own everything instantly. So I'm, I'm glad that you're giving that talk because more people need to hear it. Um, and anyone who's listening, if if any of you guys are out there and you're doing pen tests or even you're having pen tests conducted on you. Uh, really make sure that you're getting the most for your dollar. Don't just let the pen tester touch one address. Give them the scope to touch everything that you have. Try and profile information in the environment. You know, use some of the stuff. Chris did some great videos recently uh, about using Multigo to do perimeter profiling and being able to look at people's profile. You know, I think that that that's the greatest way right now to really get you know your bang for your buck. Plus. You test your testers out. I mean, you're going to find really quickly that if you get one of the big four testers and you, and you say, hey, guys, I want you to do this full scope assessment, uh, they're going to fall on their face. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I have to talk like that about them. But I think that a lot of the times the testers are the reason people get hacked. I mean. So, so I, I'd love to have your opinion on that as well. Like, One of the white papers that I'm in the process of writing is that a lot of the escalation of security and attacks that have been happening in compromising companies that are, quote-unquote, compliant, I, I think a lot of times it's because they have crappy testers, not because they're, they're not trying. Uh, what do you think?
3: I would agree with that, but it's also probably an education thing, too, that uh, they haven't been educated properly to the threats and needing to test for those threats.
1: Yep.
0: When
3: you talk to any pen test shop, they're going to want to do that, and generally it's the client that says, oh, no, I don't want you to do that. Right. But Again, it goes back to think people needing to evolve, people needing to understand what the current threat is. Uh, we're past the uh, remote route in IS-5. You know, that stuff's over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some of us are.
3: <laughs> we're protecting pretty well from that, and that's kind of what we talk about in the talk. It's like, You know Perimeter, yeah, we've got, we're doing a pretty good job. We figured that out in the last 20 years. Uh, that let's got some firewall rules in place. We get access to the services we need to. We understand what the D and is, um, but we don't we don't understand this whole um, what, what's my organization's footprint. What can someone gather via open source intelligence?
0: Yeah.
3: Um, so I'm a big proponent of hey, if you're giving, having testers come in, make them do a you know an open source intelligence you know gathering on your organization and get that to use part of the report, so you can get an idea of You know, are you scrubbing metadata out of documents before you post them on the net? You know, are all your employees using their work emails posting all over the net? Yep. You know, that's important stuff to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Do that. Make them do the client-side stuff. (laughs) And the talk goes into, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, sending a malicious PDF. You know, there's, there's varying stages of things where I can just maybe gather metrics. Obviously not as fun for me to just gather metrics, but, you know, if you're easing into this, you know, have someone send that fish and then just see how many people click on the page and just put some Google analytics on on that and see how many people actually hit that page. I mean yep. someone opened an email, read it, clicked my link and went there. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, sending out the show. Even like I said, that's more fun for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're 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 totally right. And and I think that, that those types of things are really pressing people forward and I, I I thank you personally and, and the guys that you work with and, and other friends of ours that are really going out there to push these things into the automated tool frameworks to make them, you know, more available to the people who may not have a skill in that particular, particular topic yet. Um, so I think that, that that you and a lot of the security communities who are making these open source tools are are forcing the industry forward. So I, I really thank you for that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and the full pay guys are definitely coming along too. Core
0: and Canvas, I mean, they've got some really nice new features coming out to do that stuff. Oh, I dude, uh, one of the most impressive things to me is that Core Shell that installs over SQL. Oh, have no. you have you played with that? Um, no, I, I'm not.
3: I'm still poor. I don't have
0: a copy of Core. And Pe- <laughs> oh well, I I will I will have to talk to them and get you one to play with. They have the coolest, and and that may be something that that's a great add on for the Oracle stuff. But they have a a uh, shell that loads over SQL to the back end. Oh, nice! And it is unbelievable. That's like the coolest thing that I've seen in a really long time in any tool. And and they make it all super point and click GUI so that just you know it runs a SQL attack and it's like, hey, you got a shell? Here you go! <laughs> and just pops up a shell. <laughs> it's it's freaking awesome. And then you can do file browsing and it installs the agent backwards and all that. Good
3: stuff. I know Canvas just came out, so. I came out with an assigned active, uh, ActiveX module, and its whole purpose in life is just to serve up their Trojan.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: awesome. That, that's the user so to come cool. to the page, send your fish They come to the page, enable that ActiveX control, so instead of doing any memory corruption type stuff. Uh-huh. Its, whole, it's whole purpose in life is just to download that MOSSTEP Trojan and send it back.
0: That's perfect. Uh, that, that's very cool perfect. stuff. That's very, very cool. Well, dude, thank you so much for wrapping for with us for a little bit and and giving your views and, and also putting back to the community with the, the tools and the videos and stuff that you've been doing. Um, anyone who's thanks, listening. Thanks for having me. What's that?
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, yeah. Oh. I appreciate it, Um, You guys, anybody that's listening, can uh, catch the talk at Nauticon, and we'll also be giving the client side talk at ChicagoCon as well in May.
0: Yeah, anyone who's listening has to go see Chris talk. Uh, it's, a, it's a really entertaining time, uh, as well as if you get a chance, please make sure to go to Carnal Blonage, uh, log on, get in, get updates from it, join Chris on, uh, on Twitter and any of the other venues, because you will get more information by that than you will reading any of the security rags daily. Um, so I, I really encourage you to kind of stick your toe in the water and, and get into some of these new tech things that are coming out. Well, thank you again, Chris, for, for joining us. I really appreciate it, man.
3: Yeah,
0: thanks, Chris. All right, Talk later, brother. It. Bye. Uh, thank you again, you guys, uh, for everyone listening to Chris, and I really hope uh, that people log on to any of the type of information that he and any of his team is putting out uh, because it's really the bleeding edge of security and it's where we need to be going. Uh, next in the topic list is DJ Jackalope talking about some of the cons coming up. I know that you heard that Chris is going to be speaking at Nauticon. Uh Karen? Tell us a little bit about what's coming up and and who's cool to go see in some of the conferences.
2: Okay. Well, basically, uh, Nauticon's coming up in Cleveland from April 16th to the 19th. So that's like basically this coming weekend. Um, It can be reached at Nauticon.org. Pretty much, Nauticon is kind of a loose con. It's not super technical. Um, It's just basically a fun con, which I guess is why it's called Nauticon. So as you heard, it's uh, Chris Gates and Gone. He's doing a talk on Time to Replicate the Real Threat, client size Penetration Testing. Um, It looks like it's probably one of the most technical talks that they actually have on the listing. Um, You also have Bruce Potter. Uh, He's uh, basically the guy who runs ShmooCon. He's doing building, securing, and living with game servers. So he talks about uh, basically running a game server and kind of the hairiness that goes on and how to make it smoother and probably has some crazy stories to tell about that.
0: How to hack sort your WoW account. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how comfortable is to sleep wrapped around your game server with the heat and the fan going? <laughs>
2: and all the cat fur. Can't yeah. forget that. Can't
1: forget the cat fur. And
2: nice. then there's a guy named um, Aesthetics, and he's g- kind of giving like an off-topic talk of how to give talks and influence organizers. It's all about <laughs> propaganda. So I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, this yeah, boxically talks about propaganda. It looks like he might maybe be doing some... Uh, Some guerrilla marketing tactics as well.
0: Yeah, this is something that's really good for, for all of you in any type of executive director-level position who are trying to speak the security message. It's really, really good to see talks like this because you'll be able to find kind of new and innovative ways to, quote-unquote, attack the user community with the type of propaganda that you need to start driving some of that security mentality. Uh, a lot of times when people are trying to promote security in an organization, they bring it like a steel fist down on people and go, you have to do this. Uh, And and this is really the way that it should be done. It should be done from kind of a soft and marketing standpoint where you can actually involve those users and you can get champions in the environment and you can disperse the message not only from your word but from everybody's individual word. And and this would be a hell of a good talk to go find out how to do that.
2: Because also along those lines, like anything that has to do with propaganda is really social engineering. So this guy is really just giving the closet social engineering talk, but you know, he's saying it's okay. Like it's it's propaganda, It's, it's all right. And then there's also going to be a Lockpick Village there by Deviantle. And let's see what else is there. There's a RSA in San Francisco coming up the weekend after that.
0: And we'll talk a little bit about the RSA and who you should go see in the next podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate your time. And we're looking forward to any of your comments and anything you'd, you'd like cool. us to comment on. Have a good one. Are you cool?